Okay, three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports episode 337. Oh man, I love you guys. I appreciate you. I'm glad you're here. We're talking about Russell Wilson, Big Ben. Uh, Dak Prescott, Alex Smith, a lot of quarterback talk. We'll finish with an NFC East Ask Zach related segment. Uh, I wanted to say, first of all, I got a lot of, I got a big announcement today. I'm very excited about, uh, and it's kind of part one of a multi, multi-part announcement that you'll hear uh, in about a week and a half, maybe. Um, we'll do that all in a minute. Let me first say this. I want to dive in. We'll just jump into topic one, then we'll get into some stuff later. I think people don't realize, though, I think people don't realize the Dallas Cowboys do not have the cap room to give Dak Prescott a long-term contract. People don't understand they only have 19, just over $19 million available in free salary cap space. And if they put a franchise tag on Dak Prescott, they'll need to pay him $37 million, a little over $37 million next year. Dallas can't afford it. Literally, people are saying, is, is Dak Prescott going to go on the, on the franchise tag? No, no, no. Dallas literally can't do it. They, they don't. But we're, it's really weird to me what's going on. Um, they only have $19 million available. That's a huge red flag. What they're going to have to do, unless they cut a bunch of people and really trim down their roster, Dallas cannot afford Dak Prescott, at least not at the asking price that he wants. He wants $40 million a year, or he wants to be franchise tag, or he'll make $37, a little over $37 million next year. Dallas, again, cannot afford Dak Prescott's asking price. So I want to make a prediction here. Uh, it's kind of crazy. I feel like either I'm a massive idiot <laughs> or I'm the only person in the world who goes, oh, obviously, Dak Prescott is going to become a free agent. Like, hello, he's going to hit the open market. First of all, Dallas can't give him the friend. They can't afford him. Number two, there's another perspective here. You've got, well, I guess you get two perspectives. You have Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner, and Dak Prescott. I would imagine Jerry Jones' view, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, has the opinion that I'm going to go let Dak listen to offers. I'm going to allow Dak into the open market. Okay, go see what New Orleans and San Francisco and maybe uh, the Jets, what are they going to offer Dak? Go, go, go listen to offers, right? And Jerry Jones is betting, ah, nobody else is going to offer him as much money as I will give him. Nobody's in the ballpark of $40 million for Dak Prescott. That's what I would imagine Jerry Jones is betting on. Okay, go listen. Go talk to San Francisco. I dare you. You're not going to get the contract that you think you're going to get. So Jerry Jones, I believe, really does think that if I allow Dak into free agency, it's going to help me get Dak Prescott at a lower price. I'll say, hey, kid, remember me? I love you. We've done stuff before. Ah, oh, what? San Francisco's only offering you $20 million? Well, let me give you 21 Something like that. Whatever number they're going to reach at, something like that, like that's going to happen. Where Dak, Jerry Jones at least believes, hey, I'll let Dak go listen to other people. He'll realize his value is much lower than he thinks. And we will bring Dak in for cheaper than he's asking for. Here's the problem with all that, though. Imagine you're Dak Prescott. Really, any employee. Imagine for two years, you've been asking for something. Like, hey, I want, I want a raise. I want a new contract. I want a better desk. I want a better office. Whatever, whatever the thing you've been asking for for two years. And for two years, you've been negotiating and talking back and forth. 
and it hasn't happened. It's been two years that Dak Prescott's been trying to make a deal with Jerry Jones, and there's still, two years later, no contract. What is that? If you're Dak Prescott, how do you feel about that? Put yourself in Dak Prescott's shoes. If I was Dak, I'd be like, man, I, uh, you don't want me, do you? If you really wanted me, you'd pay me what I'm asking. That's, I would imagine that's how Dak feels. So you got Jerry Jones going, listen to other people. Oh, guess what? You'll come back to me. You'll come home. And Dak is going, oh, you don't want me. You really don't think, I, you don't think I'm worth what I think I'm worth. There's a clash coming in Dallas that people are just not talking about. Dak is going to go on the open market. He will be a free agent. He's going to meet with other teams. And he's going to go somewhere else more than likely. Because also, not only, the, not only is Dallas appear to not want Dak, they're a bad football team. It looks like they hired the wrong coach. Their defense is awful. Their offensive line is aging. They have good receivers. Like, at least Dak has good receivers to throw to. Amari Cooper, uh, Jerry, uh, what is that, CeeDee Lamb. Um, uh, there's another, something with a G. I'm blanking on another name. I apologize. I did, one time I forgot John Elway's name. I literally have a hard time with names. I forget my own name sometimes. Um, my point, though, is that Dak Prescott's looking at Dallas and going, they're a bad football team. They're not going to pay me what I want. And it doesn't seem like they want me. Why would Dak go to Dallas other than maybe Dallas is such a big brand and a big market? Like, hey, it's good for my marketability as an athlete, getting sponsorships and endorsements. And that makes sense. That's the only good reason I can come up with for Dak Prescott to go back to Dallas. A place that, again, appears to not actually want him. Two years, no deal. That's pretty weird. So Dak's like, your team has problems. You don't want to pay me. And I would imagine a lot of other teams want to talk to Dak Prescott. The New Orleans Saints with Jameis Winston are going, Dak Prescott sounds pretty good. (laughs) We'll pay the guy. Of course we will. Drew Brees is gone. Oh, and by the way, Sean Payton, the coach of New Orleans, he hates Jerry Jones. He hates Dallas. Because Sean Payton wanted to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones wouldn't hire him. So he's got a grudge against Dallas. If Sean Payton can get one over on Dallas, can steal their quarterback, he would gladly do it. Not only that, New Orleans is a better team, better coached, better roster, more capable of winning a Super Bowl. And I've said for a long time, if you give Dak Prescott a really good team, that could work and win a Super Bowl. I love Dak to New Orleans. Now, there's another option. You have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe Dak could replace Big Ben. Uh, Maybe Washington. That'd be kind of cool because Dak would play Dallas two times a year. Say, oh, I'll take a million dollars less to spite you and play you twice a year. Sure. I I really, I think, I don't see a good end coming between Dak Prescott and Jerry Jones. It's it's been two years of Dak saying, give me the money. Uh, You paid me nothing because I was on a rookie contract. I was drafted later in the NFL draft. Now you should pay me. And they're not ponying up. I I really, truly believe Dak is going to leave Dallas and he's going to spite Jerry Jones. I, I... Look, I, I, don't, I think he's going to hit the open market. That's my prediction. And he's going to go to Pittsburgh or Washington. Maybe the Patriots with Bill Belichick. Maybe the 49ers, but they have a messy contract situation with Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe the Jets. Maybe. But I think New Orleans Saints, that's the team, the number one choice I want to see Dak Prescott playing for next year. Good football team. Good coach Sean Payton. They want him. They want to get one over on Dallas. They would be happy to steal their quarterback. 
So again, Dallas cannot afford Dak Prescott at his current asking price. They have 17, sorry, they have a little over 19, like $19.4 million available to sign players. Dak wants 37. Uh, what's 37 minus 19? I'm, I'm bad at math. I can tell you that's a negative amount though. Sorry, 19 minus 37. You can't, you can't pay Dak 37 million when you only have 19 available. And would you rather play for Sean Payton or Mike McCarthy? Did you watch last year? Sean Payton looks like a good coach. Mike McCarthy makes weird in-game decisions. His offense looks ugly and bad. The defense is terrible. I think the defense is way better in New Orleans. And the Saints roster altogether is better than the Dallas Cowboys roster. So Dallas is going to lowball Dak Prescott anyway. Why would he stay? Why would Dak Prescott want to be in Dallas? It makes no sense to me. He wouldn't. Now, I will say... In fairness to the Dallas Cowboys, in fairness to Jerry Jones, and this is something I've said for a long time, Dak is not worth $40 million a year. So I actually think in a weird way, Dallas will be dodging a bullet by not paying Dak Prescott the gigantic contract he wants. They can't afford it anyway, but even if they could, it would cripple them. You give Dak $40 million a year, (laughs) you can't pay anybody else. That's not good. And I don't want to pay Dak Prescott Dak's the kind of quarterback, he's not Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Even Aaron Rodgers without help can't win the Super Bowl. Would you, would you put Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers in the same category? I would not. Dak needs good players around him. If you pay Dak $40 million a year, you can't get him good players to play with to help you win that Super Bowl you so badly want. So I, I actually think, in a weird, like despite my criticism of Dallas, I think Dallas doesn't understand they're a bad football team. Dak doesn't want to be there. I don't know why he would. It actually helps them. Getting rid of Dak, going to find a cheaper option at quarterback is actually good for them. It helps them build their football team the right way. Get a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract. Trade for trade for Gardner Minshew. Dallas with Gardner Minshew on that really tiny low ball contract uh, with the ability to sign other people, that, that's a better situation for Dallas in a heartbeat. I, I love Dak. Dak's an amazing leader, an amazing person. He's not worth $40 million a year. So I, I still, I think it would be a miracle if Dak Prescott goes back to Dallas. I don't know. What's his incentive? They don't want to pay him. They don't want him. They're a bad football team. And there's better options out there. Black and gold with Dak Prescott. The New Orleans Saints and Dak Prescott. Oh, I love, love how that would look and the sound of that. New Orleans Saints quarterback, Dak Prescott. Be awesome. I, I think that'd be amazing. All right, let me do tell you, uh, this episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. They help you run your business more effectively by putting everything all in one location. Let me make a statement first. I want to tell you that NetSuite is not for everybody. It's not for small businesses. It's not for startups. It's for companies that have a million dollars in annual revenue or more. So, for example, my company, Strong Opinion Sports, we are way, 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 way too small. We get by, pay the bills, but I, I, I don't have enough capital and revenue <laughs> yearly to work with NetSuite. Not even close. But if you are a, I know some people listen to Strong Opinion Sports that are CEOs of major companies. Even if, I know people that are CEOs and are, are, I guess, are owners of major football teams that have listened to Strong Opinion Sports. This product is for you. NetSuite by Oracle will help you run your business more effectively by putting everything all in one dashboard. Once your company matures, you will outgrow QuickBooks. QuickBooks has limitations. 
And you don't need to pay for multiple systems that do not give you information when you need it. You can walk away from the old, outdated programs and spreadsheets, skip the nonsense, and upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. If you upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, you can have everything all in one place. Finances, e-commerce, inventory, supply chain, HR, everything. And again, all that information is at your fingertips exactly when you want, instantaneously. Now, NetSuite wants me to tell you that you can join one of 24,000 other companies that use their service. But if you're in the business world and you're in the market for NetSuite, you know, I don't need to tell you. I'm just reminding you, hey, hey, dummy, wake up. (laughs) NetSuite is the best thing for you. NetSuite can help you run your business more effectively. It's pretty clear that the best way to manage a program. And in case you're still not sure, NetSuite can and will prove it to you. Go to NetSuite.com slash opinion. And you can get a free product tour. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business. Go to NetSuite.com slash opinion. Schedule your free product tour at NetSuite.com slash opinion. Okay, uh, I saw this news recently. Absolutely blew my mind. The recent news is that Seattle has decided their asking price for Russell Wilson. They said, oh, you can have Russell Wilson. You just got to give us three first round picks. <laughs> By the way, only three? I went like, oh, that's a, for me, I, I heard three first round draft picks for Russell Wilson. And I went, take that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. I will take Russell Wilson in exchange for three first round picks. I'll just hand you, I'll hand you four first round picks to give me Russell Wilson. Do you, do you realize how many first round picks are busts? How many first round picks fail in the NFL? Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> so many people are convinced. Some people said Dwayne Haskins was the best quarterback in the NFL draft two years ago. He's not even on the same team anymore. He got cut. It was embarrassing. Josh Rosen. People said Josh Rosen is the most NFL-ready quarterback in the 2018 draft class. Maybe 2017. Three years ago? Two years ago, yeah. 2018. Three years. Three. God, it's 2021. That's crazy to me. My point is, being a first, having first round picks does not guarantee you're going to get good players. Now, there have been good first round picks. Absolutely. Uh, Josh Allen, Chase Young, uh, so many more, like so many more. But my point is that having first round picks does not guarantee you're getting good players. It's a risk. It's gambling. Here's what I know is not a risk. Russell Wilson, I guarantee you, you're getting a Hall of Fame quarterback if you trade for Russell Wilson. And there are not very many of those just hanging around on planet Earth. <laughs> There's like maybe two, three people better in the pla- on the entire planet better at playing the position than Russell Wilson. And, and maybe it's less than that. Russell Wilson is unbelievable. You trade for Russell Wilson, it is absolutely worth those three first-round picks. It's an easy trade. Make the trade. I think the New York Jets should trade for Russell Wilson. They have two first-round picks in 2021. They get the number two overall pick. They also have the number 23 overall pick. Ironically, that 23rd overall pick is actually from Seattle. Weirdly enough, they traded Jamal Adams there. The Jets got that 23rd overall pick. Imagine they gave that pick right back to Seattle and got Russell Stinkin' Wilson. Two 2021 first-round picks and a 2022 first-round pick, which will be a late pick because you'll be... Robert Sala, a good coach, plus Russell Wilson. That's going to be a, probably a playoff team. I, I love that. I, I, I am telling you, the Jets, 
need to make a move. I, I like Sam Darnold. I love Russell Wilson. I, I, I'm actually lukewarm. I don't even know if Sam Darnold. I think he's good. I think. He's never really been given a good shot. I know Russell Wilson. I'm not going to hit the table really hard. I, I wanted to. I wanted to bang the table. He's amazing. Trade for Russell Wilson. It sounds like he's available. Make that trade. Every team in the NFL, there, there's like, the, the Packers shouldn't. Maybe they, uh, depends how you like leader. Ah, the Packers shouldn't. Uh, they're, they're good. They got Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs should not trade for Aaron Rodgers. The, uh, the Buccaneers should not. Uh, the Bills shouldn't. Like, there's a couple teams that shouldn't, but man, there's not very many. Almost every team is better by adding Russell Wilson. So, and I also remember the Jets coach, Robert Sala, coached in San Francisco. He played Russell Wilson a bunch over the years. He knows how good Russell Wilson is. And I imagine, like, I like Justin Fields. I like Zach Wilson, the two, the, probably the likely guys who will be available with that number two overall pick if the Jets keep that pick. They could draft Zach Wilson. They could draft Justin Fields. But Russell Wilson is a lot better than Justin Fields. <laughs> a lot better than Zach Wilson, especially in year one. I don't know. I don't know what Zach Wilson and uh, Justin Fields will become. He can't, he can't predict the future. But next year, and very unlikely, they're going to be better than Russell Wilson. But next year, for sure, Russ is a better quarterback. Russell Wilson makes sense to the Jets. The Jets get their quarterback. By the way, Seattle would benefit too. They get to draft another quarterback. They probably could draft another Wilson quarterback. The Seahawks could draft Zach Wilson, number two overall. Plus, they get a the 23rd overall pick. They get another player. They get now next year, get a draft pick, which could be good. Like, they could be busts. I, th- I think they're way more valuable to... Uh, I, I would rather have Russell Wilson than draft picks. Again, draft picks to me are gambling. Like, yeah, they, they hit often, but not every time. So I, I love, I love, I love, I love Russell Wilson to the New York Jets. It's a phenomenal idea. And if it's not New York, it's maybe the Giants. Maybe it's uh, Pittsburgh. Maybe it's Miami. Like, there's a lot of teams out there that would benefit from Russell Wilson instantaneously in a heartbeat. Now, I do got to say, shame on Seattle. It's an embarrassment. The Seattle, I'm from the Northwest. I grew up, uh, I was never a Seahawks fan. I was always a Mariners fan, though. I love loved the Seattle Mariners. I gave up on that when I was 11 years old. They broke my heart. I said, never again. But I'm from the Northwest. I know a lot of people that, uh, if Russell Wilson leaves, oh, he'll be heartbroken. That's, that's the best quarterback Seattle's ever, ever had. The best player in the history of their organization. Bing. Gone. You get a BYU quarterback. Yay. You get a you get a 23rd overall pick. Yay. I have been saying for years, Seattle needs to support Russell Wilson. I've been saying it over. Get the guy an offensive line. Throw the football. Get the guy better offensive. Like for years, I've been saying, please, please support Russell Wilson. They've done awful. They've had terrible offensive lines, bad play calling. Mistake after mistake after mistake. Seattle mismanaged a Hall of Fame career. Hall of Fame player, Russell Wilson. Shame on them. It's terrible. It's embarrassing. I, I just, I, oh my gosh, I can't even. It's, it's a horrible turn of events that the Seattle Seahawks are going to. Even The fact that it's even a conversation is embarrassing. Like Seattle, but what that means is Russell Wilson wants out. They were so, they, they so poorly managed Russell Wilson's career. They so poorly supported him. He's like, I, I'm not going to play for you anymore. I'm out. If Seattle does trade away Russell Wilson, it's one of the, uh, it's going to be, it's kind of one of those moments you always go like, can you believe that happened? 
Can you believe a Hall of Fame starting quarterback, Russell Wilson, was let go by his future team? And look, I will track every single one of those first-round picks. I am not confident. I think Zach Wilson's going to be good. Maybe Justin Fields, whoever they pick. Uh, I, I, I don't. Late round picks are really risky. Remember, I think Paxton Lynch was a late round first round pick. Um, uh, Nikhil Harry, late first round pick, bust. Uh, Johnny Manziel, like having a late first round pick, does not work out as as often as a like a top five pick. And then whatever that twenty twenty two first round pick would become, I don't know. But whatever Seattle wants to do, it they are they, they're going to lose this trade. <laughs> you don't trade away Russell Wilson and win, no matter what you do. It's not a good trade. So shame on Seattle. Uh, I cannot believe they mismanaged and refused to support their Hall of Fame quarterback, Russell Wilson. All right, guys, I'm going to take a short break. When I return, we'll talk about Alex Smith. We'll talk about Big Ben. Got a lot of stuff up ahead. My name is Zach Schaumler. Going to take a short break. I will be right back. All right, we are back. Hope you're doing very, very well. Um, I want to say real quick, as you're listening to this podcast right now, it's more than likely I'm not at home. I, I'm about to leave town. I'm going on vacation for seven days. Got a really big life event coming up. I'm, I'm very excited to be able to tell you guys about what I'm doing uh, in about a week and a half, roughly. I'll be able to say, hey, here's what happened. I'm so excited about it. Uh, so I'll be gone for seven days. Uh, I took a COVID test. I'll be flying on a plane. Uh, my dad is uh, at home, you know, watching the cats in my house. Uh, And I just want to say, as I'm about to leave, I'm so grateful for what I do. I'm so grateful for my job. I'm so grateful for the lights here, lighting the show. Uh, Every single thing I do is because of you guys listening and watching the show. And it it means the world to me. Uh, Everything, I I just, I I was kind of uncomfortable. I was like, should I talk about my trip? Should I not? It's weird times and you know money's tight and by the way i did i've been saving up pennies got great deals travel's really cheap actually right now because of covid um but i want to just say i it would be just disingenuous if i didn't say thank you because i i get to do cool stuff and i i enjoy my life so much and that's because of you guys listening to the show making that possible and i just want to say thank you so much i it really uh it truly means the world to me from my family to yours thank you uh, if you're listening and you want to go on amazing vacation someday, I hope you can. Uh, I know I my whole life uh, there's a trip I, I wanted to go on my whole life, and I, I'm I'm doing it now, and I I'm I'm just so 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 happy. I'm I'm so thankful. I I really appreciate what I do. Thank you so very much. And uh, when I see you guys next in like a week and a half, I got really cool news. I cannot wait. I can't wait to share with you guys. And. Uh, is from me to you. Thank you so very much. It, you guys' impact on my life means the world to me. Uh, I, I work hard. I'm proud of the work I do, but I none of this is possible uh, where I live. Uh, my my cats, their food, my food, it all is because of you guys. And so, thank you so very much. I've been self-employed for uh, you know almost two years now, and it just means the absolute world to me that you guys have contributed to that. And uh, when I'm on the, I'll be thinking about you guys in the next week. So, thank you so very much. I uh. I want to shift gears to Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers will owe Big Ben Roethlisberger $41.25 million next year. Over $41 million. Do you understand how much money this will be the, the highest salary cap hit 
in the entire NFL. Big Ben will. Now, rumors are he'll restructure his contract. Like, yeah, I don't. First of all, why would he? He wants the money. And even if they restructure, it's still going to be, you got to own the money. You just got to do it later. It's, uh, if you keep Big Ben, the, the NFL Players Association does not like when you say, oh, you owe us, you know, 41, but we'll take 16. Like, that doesn't, they don't allow players to do that. Because then what happen all the time, and it hurts players if that's a general thing people do. And so the only way the Steelers can get out of paying Big Ben the money is if they cut Big Ben, the Steelers will save $19 million. And as I've thought about it more, I've been, I've been, like I, 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 at one point I said, like, Big Ben is the only option for Pittsburgh. I'm like, God, they can't do anything else. Then I thought about it for a long time. I'm like, man, I... First of all, that's not true. Like, you always have other options. You can always do, you can do whatever you want for Pittsburgh. But also, how good of an option really is Big Ben? Like, how, really, how good is Big Ben right now? And the reality is that they're getting sentimental. It makes no sense for Pittsburgh to hold on to Ben Roethlisberger. It doesn't make any sense. They want to have one final goodbye year, Pittsburgh. Again, they're getting sentimental. Like, oh, we'll see him off the right way. But here's the problem. A, a wasted year would be a year doing a send-off tour for Big Ben. That'd be a wasted season. What's the point? You're not going to win a Super Bowl. You have the wrong quarterback. You have a guy who's aging, who's, frankly, Big Ben's a mediocre quarterback now. He, it's so crazy to compare <laughs> the, the work ethic and the, the way Big Ben is taking care of his body to Tom Brady. Tom Brady embarrasses Big Ben in... Did anybody watch the physique of Big Ben in the final game he played against Cleveland? It looks out of shape. I'm sorry. It's true. So Big Ben is mediocre. He's also expensive. Over $41 million? Are you on drugs? What? No. No way. And the team right now, Pittsburgh is in a position where if they've got the right quarterback, they could win. They, they, They could win a Super Bowl if they get the right leader, and the right quarterback playing for them. I would actually argue that I think Gardner Minshew, a guy who's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, Big Ben's a Hall of Fame quarterback, sure. Gardner Minshew, though, from Jacksonville. By the way, the only time the Jaguars have won a game in like two years is when Gardner Minshew plays quarterback for Jacksonville. He's a great leader. He galvanizes people around him. Remember when the Steelers fell apart last year and they really lacked a leader bringing them together? Oh, Big Ben was there. He, he didn't do much of anything. He was kind of the, the central piece around the Steelers that fell apart. He threw four interceptions in the playoff game where they lost. It's awful. And so will the Steelers win a Super Bowl next year if they hold on to Big Ben? No. And once you realize that, you go, oh, it's over. It's like, it's like when you're dating someone, you go, am I going to marry this person? And when you realize the answer is no, it's, well, why are you still dating them? And, and if you want to just have fun, fine. But that's not fair to Pittsburgh fans. It's not fair to Pittsburgh's uh, Big Ben's teammates. It's not fair to the coaches. It's a wasted year if the Steelers hold on to Big Ben. They need to solve their quarterback problem. They got guys on the table. They got Sam Darnold. They got maybe Gardner Minshew could be traded for. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. But you got to make a move now. Because if you're not going to move away from Big Ben, you're just avoiding the inevitable. 
I, I don't really know a scenario in the world where delaying problem solving ever is helpful. Like, oh, we got a, we got a really bad problem in our marriage. Let's just avoid it. Oh, my car is breaking down. Let's just avoid it. Uh, well, we'll deal with it later. Well, I got a massive health issue. I'll deal with it later. You get a heart attack, you die. You got to solve your problems. This is a big problem for Pittsburgh. $41 million for Big Ben next year. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's insanity. Pittsburgh needs a new quarterback yesterday. They should have solved the problem by now. They got uh, Dwayne Haskins, the guy who was cut by Washington. That's their long-term plan. No, it's not. Good luck with that. And I understand that Pittsburgh has really good memories with Big Ben. They love him. He's beloved in their city. He's beloved by the ownership, I would imagine. But the Steelers need to stop hanging on to the past and move forward. Because if they want to have a future, they want to be competitive. I would imagine they like winning Super Bowls. They've, they've won a lot of them in Pittsburgh. That's their goal every year, right, is to win a Super Bowl. So why would you go forward with a plan you know is not going to work? Big Ben's mediocre. He's expensive. I don't get it. Big Ben staying as the Pittsburgh quarterback next year would be a waste of a season. And I, I, I don't, it's not good for anybody. Again, fans, ownership, teammates. I know Big Ben wants to play, and I understand that. But the best thing for Pittsburgh to do, the Steelers need to cut Big Ben as soon as possible. Cut the guy, save $19 million, and go find another solution at quarterback. Because I, 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 Big Ben's mediocre. You're, just, it's, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Big Ben next year. And once you realize that, it's, it's like realizing in a relationship again. Oh, I'm not going to marry this girl. So why are you dating her? What, what's, what's your long-term? Oh, you don't have a long-term plan? Oh, you're just, you're just screwing around? I mean, that's fine for a little while, but not when you're messing with other people's lives and your other people's livelihoods and your fan base who wants to win a Super Bowl and your team that's got a really good roster and a, a special defense. When they're healthy, oh my gosh, the Pittsburgh defense is incredible. Don't play fast and loose with people's futures and people's livelihoods. And I, I, Big Ben, I, sorry, you're, you're making too much money. You're not special. You're not that great of a quarterback anymore. And you're not, you're not the leader Pittsburgh needs. You're not the guy with the work ethic Pittsburgh needs. You're getting embarrassed by Tom Brady, who's showing you up at every— Remember, uh, Tom Brady entered the league before Big Ben, and Big Ben is probably going to leave the league before Tom Brady. <laughs> it's, like, well, it's what happens. You don't take care of your body, and you're not really intense about preparation and working hard, and you're just like, ah, I'm a gunslinger. That doesn't work. So I, I am telling you, the Steelers need to move off of Big Ben as soon as possible. Uh, final, like, we'll do Ask Zach in a moment. It's kind of the, the last big, massive topic of this episode. I just put out my predictions versus reality for the Washington football team's 2020 season. One of the bright spots of the year for Washington was their quarterback, Alex Smith, he won the comeback player of the year. He was battling back from that horrific leg injury. Feel-good story. They're like, ah, oh, Alex Smith. Like, eh, pretty cool. Like Chase Young was a feel-good story. Taylor Henneke was a feel-good story. So it was Alex Smith. Well, Alex Smith just did a interview with GQ. And he gave a lot of really, really interesting quotes. Now, first of all, before we get to the controversial stuff, I want to say this is my favorite quote of the story, actually. He said, uh, basically... 
Alex Smith said that he felt like he had to try to make a comeback. He said that uh, he'd be better for it if he tried, if he made the push. He said, otherwise, if I didn't try to come back, I'd regret it. Because I got the whole rest of my life to hang out with my kids and play golf. I'm only going to get this opportunity to play in the NFL and come back one time. And so he made a comeback. He, he said, I didn't want to regret it. That's how you live your life. I love that. Do not live your life in a way where you will regret things. I think it's amazing. It's a good lesson you can learn from Alex Smith. My favorite quote of the entire story that I read. Now, here's a quote about Washington Alex Smith gave. He said, they never thought it was coming back. Said some people had patronized him. Now, he wasn't specific whether that was in the organization or just people in the media and all over the world. But the reality is Alex Smith said, I, I had an uphill battle, not just from my leg, but from people that didn't believe in me. And here's a direct quote from Alex Smith about the Washington football team. He said, when I decided to come back, I definitely threw a wrench in the team's plan. They didn't see it, didn't want me there, didn't want me on the team or on the roster, didn't want to give me a chance. It was a whole new regime. They came in and acted like I'm the leftovers and I'm hurt and I'm a liability. It's really, really sad. It's, it's tragic. Alex Smith, my favorite story from the 2020 NFL season. Maybe other than I, I liked Tom Brady was fun. I really enjoyed that, right? But Alex Smith was amazing. It was so cool to see a guy we thought would never play football again come back and do, do fairly well, like decent. But it also, this story makes Alex Smith's journey more impressive. He not only was battling against his leg, trying to heal his leg and get back, he was also battling against his own team that didn't want him and didn't believe in him. And that's so sad because it darkened really the best feel-good story for Washington all year. It's like, oh, man, I, I loved that, and it took the charm away from it. I'm like, God dang it, man. Really, really sad. Now, I understand Washington not believing him, in him. I get it. Uh, now, what I don't understand is why Washington would not want him around. Alex Smith being there is only a positive thing. I, I don't know how you lose by having Alex Smith on your football team. Best case scenario, he can play. You're like, awesome. We got a guy who can play well and do good stuff. Worst case scenario, he's helpful. He's good in the locker room. He's good in the quarterback room. He's, he's a valuable veteran leader. He may never play, but worst case scenario, Alex Smith is still positive to have around. It, it just feels oddly short-sighted by Washington. Like, why would they have any kind of pushback against Alex Smith coming back? I don't get it. No matter what, it's good for you. And maybe they're trying to save money. Cheap a-holes, I don't get that. But what I, what I do understand is that if Alex Smith had played last year and gotten more injured, it would have made them look bad. Like Washington would have been like, why could you allow him to play? How could this have happened? How could you let Alex Smith onto the field? He'd already gotten hurt. What's going on? But I would argue uh, the doctors did clear him. So I don't know how you hold Washington accountable for a guy getting cleared by doctors then getting hurt again. It's just unfortunate, but it wouldn't be, I think Washington would be penalized forever for that. It doesn't make sense to me. Now, moving forward, I would, I would imagine that Alex Smith is not going to go back to Washington based on what he said. Sound bitter, sounded like there was some, and we didn't hear the tone. It's, I read the quotes. I didn't hear them, but I would imagine that Washington hears that and goes, I don't like that. Man, you had to say that. And they're like, well, you're not coming back here. You're right. We don't want you. <laughs> Bye. And I'm not sure that anybody wants Alex Smith. I don't, I, not to be their starting quarterback. 
I'm sure that some teams would love to have Alex Smith as their backup. In fact, Urban Meyer uh, coached Alex Smith at Utah. So maybe Urban Meyer says, hey, come to the Jaguars, be our backup quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence. Help Trevor Lawrence, mentor him. That I'd love that. That makes sense to me. But it, unless he wants to be a helpful backup, it's very possible that the career of Alex Smith is now over. But I will say, if his career is in fact over, at least Alex Smith got the last word. Uh, all right, guys, let's shift gears to Ask Zach. It's my favorite part of the show. So I read questions from the audience. In case you don't know how it works, you go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Shomler. You give a dollar a month. You can give more. Please do. It literally helps pay my bills. Uh, but a dollar a month gives you access to submit questions on Patreon. If you, if you submit a question, I do not guarantee to read it on the show. My only guarantee is I look at every single question with my eyeballs. Uh, I was reading Allie's last night. Keeps writing in about uh, BYU. I, I, Allie, I appreciate it. If you're out there, thank you so much. Uh, Allie, man, there's so many people. I just, I really, uh, I, I, that's the most recent one I read. You guys on Patreon are so awesome. I appreciate you so very much. Um, so I picked the top couple to read on the show. Let me open up my Google Docs. First question today is from Joshua. He says, would you agree or disagree that the NFC East is the weakest division in the NFL? Who do you think is the best team move, looking moving forward? And do you think the division as a whole will rise in the division rankings next year? Well, I think Washington is the best team in the NFC East. Dallas is a train wreck. Uh, the Giants are promising, but a little ways off still. Uh, the Eagles have a new coach. They were awful last year. They're injured. They're old. Uh, I'm, I'm, I like Jalen Hurts, their quarterback. I'm not really confident in Philadelphia, though, at all. So I think Washington is still the best team in the NFC East. Uh, Who's gonna? Are, is the division as a whole gonna rise in the rankings? I don't know why they would. Even if Washington is good, the Cowboys are bad, the Eagles are bad, the Giants are probably gonna be average. So I don't know why the NFC East would probably a little bit better, but they're still gonna be likely the worst division in football. Um, I mean the Patriots. I, I like the AFC East is the other division. I go like, huh, that's kind of weak. But the Bills are gonna be good. The Jets will be better. Uh, Miami's getting better. The Patriots are gonna be better than they were last year. I would imagine so. Uh, I think the NFC East is still going to be the worst division in the NFL. Remember, this is a NFC East-centric Ask Zach because I didn't do it when I did my predictions versus reality for uh, the NFC East. I did not cover the Ask Zach questions from that segment. Brendan Wrightson says, What should every team do to address the quarterback position this offseason? Maybe I'm over-exaggerating, but I think the fact that every team in the division is going into the offseason with questions at the quarterback position is mind-boggling. Uh, Brayden, I, I think it is kind of crazy. Like, oh, every team has some unknown question. Uh, I think the Giants got to stick with Daniel Jones. I don't know what their other option would be. I Like, I don't think Daniel Jones is going to work, but I don't know why you would get rid of the guy. Give him another year. Give him one more year. Uh, give him like, some real help. Give him another year in the offense. Remember, Daniel Jones had no offseason with a new offense to learn, and his best weapon, Saquon Barkley, got hurt. So I'll give Daniel Jones one more year. Even if I don't believe in the guy, it's fair to give the guy another year. The Eagles have Jalen Hurts. I like Jalen Hurts. Uh, you have the the sixth overall pick. I don't know that you, you get like Mac Jones or Trey Lance with a sixth overall pick. Is that better than Jalen Hurts? I don't think so. Uh, Washington is just very unknown. I have no idea what Washington is going to do at quarterback. Maybe Taylor Henneke. Uh, we'll see if he's a one-hit wonder or not. Uh, maybe Alex Smith. I don't know that Alex Smith is going to come back after his GQ, uh, GQ quotes. I have no idea. 
And the Cowboys, they got no idea either. I don't think Dak's going to come back to Dallas. I don't think maybe they trade for Russell Wilson. I, I don't know. I don't know what Dallas is going to do at quarterback. They're probably going to have to draft somebody because I think Dak is on his way out. I said at the top of the show, I don't know why Dak would want to stay in Dallas. They haven't given him the contract he wants. They're a bad football team. Uh, he can get a better contract somewhere else, or at least even if not a better contract, go somewhere he's wanted and onto a better roster that's more capable of winning football games. So I think Dak would leave Dallas. I don't know why Dak would want to stay with the Dallas Cowboys. Dylan writes in says, I believe a team that is not being talked about enough is the Giants. I personally think that they were major, they made major strides this year. Although winning six games doesn't help my case and could be a sleeper team like we all thought the Broncos or Cardinals would be this year. Their defense made big leaps. The running game and offense got better each week. And with a healthy Saquon Barkley, I think his team could be contenders next year. What are your thoughts? Thanks, thanks for reading uh, your tune-in-er, Dylan. Oh, because he tunes in. Got it. The Giants. Are they a contender? First of all, Arizona and Denver did not become contenders. Remember, we thought they might be, and they weren't. So that's a bad—I I wouldn't compare—I would, I would hope that, Dow, that New York Giants are not Denver or Arizona because they flopped. So— now, the Giants, uh, they need more weapons. It really depends how good Daniel Jones is. It's, it's I guess, possible because they do appear to be well-coached. But I, uh, are the Giants contenders next year? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. They're too far. They could be a good team next year, like solid and win a couple important games. But they're a ways off from winning a Super Bowl. They got to keep building their franchise and getting, making more upgrades to the roster uh, and they got to figure out the quarterback. They got to figure out the offensive coordinator. Is Jason Garrett good or not? I don't really know. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done in New York, and they are still a ways off from becoming contenders for a Super Bowl or even a playoff berth. I guess it's not true because they were the Giants almost made the playoffs last year, uh, but that's in a terrible division. In a normal division, they would not have almost made the playoffs. So um, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird sliding scale in the NFC East. Henry writes in a very, very long one, but I, I really, I actually combined two of his questions. Worth it, though. I think it's great. Henry says, Hi, Zach. Greetings from New York. You made a video earlier this year where you said you've officially given up on Daniel Jones. I'm nowhere near convinced that Jones is the guy, but I feel like it's a bit unfair to say that he has no chance of being a good quarterback. Darius Slayton uh, is a great find for a fifth round pick, and he but he shouldn't be a number one receiver. The Giants can get a top receiver or hopefully multiple receivers, have a healthy Saquon, and get rid of that butterfingered scrub Evan Engram. Then I think Jones might be able to have a year three leap similar to Baker or Josh Allen. That being said, if the Giants get him some real playmakers and he can improve next year, then the Giants should move on from Daniel Jones. I know that a lot of my fellow Giants fans were disappointed by Jason Garrett this year. Their offense was ineffective, uncreative, and generally uninteresting, except for the read option occasionally with Daniel Jones. I lo- long touchdowns. I like the read option, but it's about it. You're right. It's the only exciting thing we saw from New York all year on offense. Do you think the New York Giants made the right move by retaining Jason Garrett for next year? Or, the, on, the, or on the one hand, it would be wise to not have Jones learn three schemes in three years, and the Giants will not... Uh, will most certainly try to add more playmakers at wide receiver and tight end. That was rough. I apologize. So he's going to try to add more playmakers. It makes sense to keep Jason Garrett because you're not going to make Daniel Jones learn another scheme for the third year in a row. 
With the return of Saquon and some new weapons, the offense can be good, but it might be also better to find a younger, more innovative offensive coordinator to work with the young core on offense. Thoughts? Um, so my prediction is that Daniel Jones will not work, right? I've said that before. I got no confidence that Daniel Jones is special. I mean, I, first, I got no confidence in Daniel Jones because I've never seen a special moment. Compare Daniel Jones to Joe Burrow, who we sent. Joe Burrow popped instantly and went, oh, wow, Joe Burrow, very clearly fantastic quarterback. Justin Herbert immediately was great. And you're like, oh, wow, yeah, okay, I see it. Where's that moment with Daniel Jones? I haven't seen it. I'm waiting and waiting, and it's not happening. So I would give Daniel Jones another year because there's not really a better option. Maybe Russell Wilson, potentially. Um, but And I will also say that, I, I mean, we haven't really seen Daniel Jones get a fair shake. Remember that not a lot of good weapons in New York. Uh, he was learning a new offense with no offseason last year. I'm going to give Daniel Jones a chance, right? I'm, for sure. I'm going to allow the guy another opportunity to prove himself. But I, I'm not really confident that he's the guy. I, I don't really believe that. Uh, he's, I, I can believe he's not going to work and still have an open mind to be willing to give him a chance, if that makes sense. And so that's where I'm at with Daniel Jones. I'm not sold, but hey, I'm listening. Bryson Wrightson says, hey, Zach, Cowboys fan out here in Texas. And I was wondering what position on the defense do you think they need to upgrade? You could honestly say that the entire defense, but if you're going to say uh, best at position or scheme, what would it be? Thanks. Have a great night. They need a new defensive tackle. In Dallas, they need Gerald McCoy got hurt. Uh, he's probably he's probably done. And um, the Cowboys need somebody to help them stop the run. They were the worst team other than Houston against the run last year. And it was neck and neck. So Dallas needs somebody inside to help them stop the run. Plus, they have a great defensive end to Marcus Lawrence. But he needs somebody. The way you make your defensive end better is you get interior pressure. So they need somebody on the interior defensive line to help their defense. That is what the Giants, the, what the Cowboys need to do. On defense, get a defensive tackle. Carter writes in, and these guys kind of boosted me up a little bit. Carter says, your Eagles prediction of 7-9 and nine got almost as many dislikes as it got likes. Yet here you are looking back and seeing that you were actually too nice to Philadelphia. I guess the fans aren't as smart as the analysts after all, and while your prediction wasn't perfect, it was pretty darn accurate. I'm not bitter. I Really, I don't care. I, I know that Eagles fans, Giants fans, Cowboys, they're all passionate. Like, they want to hear good stuff about their team. And so they call me a hater when I say negative stuff. I call myself a realist. I'm not trying to—I remove them. Like, they're emotion-driven. Fans are driven by emotion. If you don't say something they like to hear, they get angry. I'm not really driven that way. I I get animated. I love talking. But I don't really—I don't make my decisions based on emotion. So— I try to be thoughtful and I try to give good arguments and I'm wrong. I'm, sometimes I'm right sometimes, but I I always remove my emotion. I try to. And when I don't remove my emotion, I tell you, like, I love Tom Brady. I'm biased about Tom Brady. I love the guy. He's my favorite player ever. But I tell you that when I have an inherent emotional bias. Final question that comes from William. He says, how did this season impact your decision to pay Dak Prescott or not? And do you think Jerry Jones will? He's been hesitant for years, but he would be by far the best quarterback hitting the open market if they don't get a deal done. Here's the problem. We didn't get to see Dak play last year. It was his year to prove himself, and we saw nothing. Dak didn't play last year. Played, like, less than five games. So 
plus Dallas's bad salary cap situation. Uh, the Cowboys can't keep him anyway. If I'm Dallas, I, I don't give Dak Prescott a $40 million a year contract. Uh, I'll give him 20. Nine, they can afford like 19. But I, yeah, if I'm Dallas, I, I don't bring it back, Dak Prescott, to be quite honest. And uh, I I think it's he's more valuable to a team that's got a good roster. Dallas needs a quarterback, yeah, but they need a lot of stuff. Dallas needs to completely rebuild. Uh, New Orleans can add Dak Prescott be good tomorrow. So Dak is more valuable to New Orleans than Dak is valuable to Dallas. And so I wouldn't pay Dak. I'd say, we got to restart everything. We're, we're a, a horrible mess of a franchise. We need way more than a quarterback. So paying our quarterback too much would just cripple our franchise endlessly. So the Cowboys should not sign Dak Prescott to a long-term contract. My name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Uh, I love you. I appreciate you. I hope you have a great day. And uh, ba-dum-bum, bam, we are done.